All right, so we've made it to a three-segment episode. This episode is really juicy. It's really good stuff. Please make sure you've gone back. If you are starting here, hit the pause button. Go back and listen to the first two parts of this, obviously, three-segment. This third last piece, uh, we are here with Dr. Shantae Elbert. Um, She works um, with a combination of all things health when you're thinking about college campuses She's done work with health, wellness, and promotions. She's done work that intersects some of the work that's done in health centers and health services. Um, And it's all about intervention and prevention. But we're here today talking about the experiences of Black women-identified leaders and what those experiences have entailed, what are some of the barriers and roadblocks, but then also what do we want to do about it um, in terms of protecting Black women? And so Shantae, towards the end of the second segment, was really speaking about what she's been doing as a black identified woman who leads, what has she been doing to preserve and sustain herself? So Shantae, I wanna pick up right back there. Thank you for um, being nimble with us, but let's pick back up on where you were ending on. What are the things that you're doing for yourself? I, I definitely you know, rely on community. And you know, having a strong lineup at with like with any sports team, you got you got your starting team. I have my starting lineup of friends, family, mentors to cover me in prayer, um, push me when I don't want to keep taking the steps forward because I'm tired or um, questioning my abilities and, and questioning myself. Um, and then I rely heavily on my faith. Um, doing this work is exhausting and daunting and what i've been blessed with is that i always pray for god to make the path as clear as possible i you know i I pray for those burning bushes and the the rams in the bushes and i've been blessed to get insights of where god plans to take me and so because i know that that there is a path ahead and and there is opportunity ahead um i always ask for strength for the journey um and in the midst of all of those moments um, I also ask for reminders of why you have me in this. And, and so I get those moments where I'm reminded of why I'm in this position, why I'm currently here at my specific institution. Um, and a reminder that, you know, I'm, I'm the messenger and I'm blessed to be the messenger. It could be anybody else, but God chose me to do this work. And so to do it, I have to keep re- refilling my cup. I can't keep being empty. I have to constantly pour back into self refill my cup, step away when necessary, um, disconnect when necessary. And when I'm ready to dive in, I I get to choose how and when I dive in now. I don't always um, open myself up um, like I used to early on in my career and give full access to everyone. I limit that. Um, I'm I'm a lot more strategic in how I give access to my space and place. And so that has been important to me. Um, and to keep myself grounded. I don't want to say um, the word humble um, because I think it is sometimes used to get us as people of color to stay in our places. But I'm, I'm reminded to be grateful from whence I've come. I know my roots. I don't, I don't forget those moments of when I was told I would never and that I would be a statistic. And so those moments remind me of why I fought and why I fight and why it's important to be a visual um, for students. And one of my favorite mentoring quotes 
talks about you can't be what you can't see. And so in order to do that, I have to be in, in the place and space. And in order to do that, I have to keep myself grounded and surrounded. And so that is how I do this work. And at times I feel like I do a great job and at times I don't, I can always go back and reset and do it again. And that is what grace is all about. I get to go back and do it again. And God gives me a, a second chance at it. And that is huge. To your story, I want to tell a story and a half, and I'm going to make it really brief because um, I got to let Shantae get back to her greatness. Um, I met Shantae August of 2015. We were having a division breakfast, and I did not know who I was there. So Shantae had got there probably a month before I did. So she knew more about me than I did her. But I do know that there was a new um, director for health, wellness, and promotion. Um, and I walk in. There's this breakfast buffet there. I'm telling you, when we looked across the room, we knew exactly who each other was. Within 10 seconds, we knew we both were from the South. We did not know, but there was a great migration network that happened at this institution where they hired, I think, the year that we were there, six the 10 new employees were predominantly uh, black or marginalized uh, identity of some sort and were all from the South. It was a great migration that happened at this campus. But from there, we synced up, we linked up. And when I say that whole piece of community is everything, um, Shantae and I would bounce ideas off each other. We would create new different things of how we wanted to lead and whether we got to do that that, at that institution or not. We put it in our arsenal. We gave each other constructive feedback when we're dealing with staff or personnel issues. Um, we were allies when we're dealing with things that need to be brought across executive leadership. We looked out for each other when it came for um, extracurriculars that were in our field. But more than that, we do what we're doing on this conversation. We created and we were already a part of other networks that do this for folks who are at our level, above our level, but then upcoming. It's nothing for one of us to call each other and say, hey, I got somebody that's moving near you or who do you have in your network that knows this because I have a mentee or I have somebody in my life that needs something. We are 1-800, phone a friend, phone a colleague, phone a sister. It is real. You have to have your sisters back and you don't have to be Greek to do so. And that's not a dig, that's not a diss. If you want to make it as a black, a woman identified person, it doesn't have to be other black women, but you have to have some type of circle. And I know there's a formal sister circle. And let me tell you why. And I'm going to really close with this story. There was a time before both Shantae and I left this institution. Somebody that we knew was under attack by their supervisor. And I mean, they were about to lose their job. We, along with two other Black women, this is a faith story, so you can tune out if you need to. We didn't, I don't know that we had holy water, but we took something. We gathered it. Yes. We gathered in a circle. This is after hours. All of us should have been on the road getting home. We gathered in that circle and we pled the blood of Jesus. We prayed for this person and what we thought needed to happen next. And we touched in the grid and when we and went laid hands on their door, our office doors, 
prayed for people that probably don't know that that's what we did. And we stayed probably extra 20, 30 minutes keeping that person in prayer until they could make their next move. I say that to say, to do this work, you better have you a board of directors that helps you with your vision and your mission and your strategy. But you better also have you, uh, you some people called it a street team back in the day when you were a promotional act. But that street team did more than put up flyers. Those are the folks that held you up and down when you needed it the most. And that's what a circle as a black woman does for you when you're in a leadership position. You're going to need people to be your reservoir when you are depleted, empty, and don't have anything else to give. And I can tell you Shantae's been that for myself, but countless other women. And so just to elaborate how real it is, I wanted to get that story out because I'm pretty sure she's never forgotten it, but it's been a minute since we talked about it. So definitely wanted to kick that up in the atmosphere and and say, you know, don't try to do this alone. Don't go it alone. And you can't do it without having, think about those, whether you do it from the six, the eight, or the nine dimensions of wellness, you have to tap into those areas if you're going to sustain yourself. Yes. Yes, Coretta. Live out, live out loud, live authentically. And because my faith and my spirituality is part of who I am, I, I don't separate it. I don't compartmentalize it, whether it's in my work, whether it's at a conference and I, I cover the spaces and um, I ask God to go before me into those rooms I'm presenting in for me to make sure I, I do what I'm supposed to do and give people what they need, whether it's at an interview, asking God to do the same thing, go before me, make it plain if this is an opportunity for me or whether this, this is just a learning experience. I don't separate those dimensions that make me who I am. They are all a part of me and they show up authentically in all the spaces that I am. And I know it can be scary for a lot of people to do that, um, but I found a way to do it, and it worked for me. And that's the part that matters. Shantae, thank you so much for joining our show today, dropping some gems, being candid about your experiences, and putting a call for action and some challenges out to the institutions, branches, places, spaces that we inhabit, but ultimately joining me in an effort to put some light and some story and some oomph behind Black women identified leaders and women of color leaders. Take care of you. When you're on a plane, they tell you that mask dropped down, you got to put yours on first. Let this segment and this series be the mask that drops down and reinforms you that you need to put your mask on first. With that, this concludes our segment. Again, thank you, Dr. Elbert. And again, people tune in for our next segment.